the bed of God. I think I'm ready to preach now. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. The book of Second Peter, the epistle. Second Peter. Second Peter. Chapter 1. And I'm going to take verses 1 and 2. Let me take verses 1 and 2, please. Even though verse 2 is my main emphasis. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us. May I ask you, church, this morning, have you obtained like precious faith? Like the apostles did? Okay, you don't know. I want you to know that the same faith of the Lord Jesus Christ was the same faith in the apostles. And is the same faith in you this morning if you have surrendered your heart to Jesus. So Peter was writing this to everyone that has obtained like precious faith. And does that include you this morning? That means this epistle was also written to you. So, with that understanding, let's read it again. Simon Peter, let's read together. One to go. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them, now let's say to us, to us that have obtained like precious faith with the apostles through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now this is where I'm going, verse 2. Shout it, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Can I have an amen to that? Enjoying multiplied grace and peace. We live in such a time where people are distressed all over the world. We live in such a time and season where and when the hearts of men fail them for the fear of the things to come. We have that in Luke 21 and verse 26. The Lord giving the signs of the times and the seasons. We live at such a time where people are confused. In fact, governments are confused. In our nation, the federal government is saying something. The Supreme Court is saying something. The CBN is saying something else. And so the citizenry do not exactly know what to expect. We just wake up every day and we go to social media and say, what are they singing? Which one do we believe? Are we to take our old Nairandos to the bank? Or are we to spend them on the street? While some are saying it's no longer the legal tender, some other governors are saying, in my state, it remains. Now you can see the confusion. It's palpable. It is shamelessly obvious. But hey, this is not just a Nigerian thing. It is the spirit of the season in which we live. There are many people today in the church also who are confused. Let's not talk about national and international issues. Let's talk about local issues. Looking into your life. Are there areas where you don't know what exactly to do? Have you found yourself at crossroads where... Even though you don't know what to do, you don't know what direction to take. Even though the Bible tells us that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14. In the message translation, Romans 8, 14 says, Now, God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. Are there people in church this morning who are asking, Holy Spirit, what are the things to do? 
next do you want me to do? And where do you want me to go? And it looks as though you are not even hearing the voice of God. We live at such a time and season when the hearts of men are failing them. There is trouble on the horizon. Presidential elections are coming in Nigeria. We don't know what to expect. Some are even saying maybe the elections will not hold. All manner of news from all manner of channels. But be of good care. The Lord knew before the foundation of the world that a time like this would come in our days. But before now, God had made a provision for us that while this hulabalu lasts, that while this cacophony lasts, that while this distress lasts, God does not want us to go down with the distress. That's why he has made a provision in Christ Jesus. He has provided grace and peace to anchor our souls. That even though I might even be going through personal challenges in my life, I still have the grace and the peace of God. In fact, I have them in such a, in, in such a proportion that is multiplied unto me. So that while the billows roll, I have an anchor that keeps my soul. So that while the trouble lasts, I have something keeping me and helping me to maintain my mental health. Are you with me this morning? If we are to worry and to be anxious about certain things going on in the country and going on in our lives right now, some of us might have to end up in the mental hospital. But we will never go there. Can I have an amen? <laughs> our being there will be that we are medical doctors to take care of the people that are there. Can I have an amen to that? We will, nobody in this church, nobody listening to me all over the world will suffer a mental breakdown. It is not a nice thing. You will never get there in the name of Jesus. That's why God has made this provision in Christ. Grace and peace. In the Hebrew, I said it to us last week, it is chasid. C-H-E-S-E-D. Media, you want to type that and put it on the screen. Shalom, but this shalom has V in front of it. V, apostrophe, shalom. Then, lahem. Lahem is L-A-C-H-E-M. And this morning, I, I, what I'm saying is grace and peace to you. That's what I'm saying in, in Hebrew. And I want you to please help me prophesy that over your neighbor. And I want you to say that intentionally. So look at them and say, Hasid. Now, it's going to look like you want to come up with some, some phlegm, but, but no, no. That's the way it is pronounced, okay? So look at the neighbor and say, Hasid, Shalom, Lachem. <laughs> Does that sound good? Look at another neighbor this morning and say to them, I want you to bless at least three people. Say, Hasid, Shalom, Lachem. Look for the third person. On the third day, the Lord resurrected. Look at them and say, Hasid, Shalom, Lachem. You know what you have said? You have said grace and peace to you. And you will enjoy that in the days to come. Can I have an amen? You will enjoy it from this moment and for the rest of your days in the name of Jesus. These are two powerful forces. What a combination for our survival and our breakthrough in this troubled world. We shouldn't be surprised that the world is troubled. 
Because we have information and revelation from the word of God. What information and revelation do we have from the word of God? That this world is under the influence of Satan, the resistor. The name Satan means the resistor. That's the meaning of the name Satan, the resistor. Listen, child of God. Every time you're trying to make progress in your life, there is a force that will resist you. But do not be confounded. Do not be surprised. What you need to do is to lay hold on the victory that has been secured by Christ and crush the head of the resistor and go ahead and enjoy your victory. Can I have an amen? amen. Satan is the God of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4 says, If our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, whose minds have been blinded by the God, small letter G, small letter G of this world. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 4. Don't go to verse 6. 4, 3 to 4. Satan is described as the God of this world. He became the God of this world when Adam fell. Adam was the God of this world. But Adam gave his authority to Satan. And so Satan became the man in charge. That's why he's running a chaotic system. The world is in chaos. All manner of things are happening that we never used to hear. Today, in some families, incest is just normal. Sex between brothers and brothers and sisters is just normal. Today, somebody can wake up in some part of the world and say, I no longer feel like a boy. I think I'm a girl. And they will say, you have to respect their right. In certain places in the world today, you cannot tell them that marriage is between, you can't tell your children that marriage is between a man and a woman. You, they, can, they can charge you to court because of that. You have to tell them that marriage is a union between two consenting adults. So whether they are male and male, doesn't matter, or female and female, I never met the world like that. I mean, when I was born in 1980, it was still normal. Family was father, mother, and children. Nuclear family. Extended. We had other people join us. But today, you can have a male and male. One is father, one is far mom. Or mom fa. And then you have children. And you wonder, how did they procreate? No, they just adopted those people and decided to pass their own confusion to them. So confusion begins to go from generation to generation. But in the middle of that, God said, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Can I have an amen? So be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It's a chaotic situation. It's a chaotic system that we have in the world. But glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Satan may be the God of this world, but he's not the God of our lives. Can I have an amen? It's just like a bird flying. A bird can fly across your head. You know that? You have no choice over that. He flies in the sky. flies across your head. He can never release some poo. Praise God. <laughs> it's not really nice. You can put it on your car. You can put it on your forehead. You don't like it. You can put it on your glasses. You don't like it. But hey, listen. That's the worst it can do. If a bird now decides to perch on your head, now you have every right under God to catch the legs and break them. Are, 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 are we together this morning? Satan can be the God of the world, but he's not the God of my world. Jesus is the Lord of my world. And Jesus is the one that determines and dictates what happens in my life and what happens in your life if you're born again. Are you with me this morning? And these are the days for God's children to stand their ground and say, Satan, you have prospered so much in my life, in my business, in my academics, in my health, but no more, no further. Now, out in the name of Jesus. We have authority over him. The Bible tells us to submit ourselves to God. Give me James 4, 7. Quickly, quickly before I move on this morning, this is very important. James 4, 7. 
Lydia, can you, can you help me with that? Because I'm also coming to First Peter 5, 8 and 9. All right, James 4, 7, no. 4, 4, 4, 7, yeah, 4, 7, not 3, 7, 4, 7, yeah. Okay, glory to God. Now, it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, run away from the devil, and he will chase after you. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? What did he say you should do? Having submitted yourself to God, then you look at the resistor face to face. The Bible says resist the resistor. And what is he going to do? He's going to flee from you. The spirit of fear is in him. He's so fearful. But he can intimidate you. And if you run away, he will chase after you. Like a toothless bulldog. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. And we look at verses 8 and 9. Quickly, quickly, 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Now, okay, so let's take it from verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. All your trouble, all your anxieties, all your worries this morning, cast them on the Lord Jesus. Amen? Now, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Now, he is not a roaring lion. The Bible uses simile here, as a roaring, just like a roaring lion. He's not a lion, he's a bulldog, toothless bulldog, he's defeated forever, in Jesus' name. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, look at what James told us to do, to resist. Verse 9, Peter also tells us, whom resists? But how do you resist him? Steadfast in the faith. You have to be steadfast in the study and the meditation of the word of God and listening to Jesus and hearing his words and doing what he says. Now, being steadfast in the faith, you resist the devil. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. I want to announce, I want, I want to, announce to you this morning that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. And that the kingdom is within us. Can I have an amen? We are, with, we are within the kingdom and the kingdom is within us. That's a mystery. In the physical realm, we're in the kingdom of Nigeria right now. But even in this kingdom of Nigeria, spiritually, we're in the kingdom of God. Within the kingdom. But also, the kingdom is within us. For some people, Nigeria is within them. A couple of years ago, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was always charging my phones, charging my phone and my gadgets, my phone and my tablet, my phone and my tablet. And my host said, P-Fred, she calls me P-Fred. Wonderful, wonderful, lovely couple. And the wife said, P-Fred, I said, yeah. And she said, why are you always charging your phone? And I said, yeah, I, I, I got to charge my phone. <laughs> uh, then I remembered I was in America. Nigeria had conditioned my thinking that anywhere you see light, it is a great privilege. Enjoy it while it lasts. So what you got to do? You charge so we carry chargers around. I've got like two chargers for one phone. Sometimes you have like three chargers for one phone. One at home, one in the car, one in the office. Why? Because we don't always have electricity. Now, the, the, the situation of the country had conditioned my thinking. So much so that I had completely forgotten I was in another kingdom. 
I was now behaving like someone in the kingdom of Nigeria, even though I was now in the kingdom of America, where they don't take light. They don't make power cut unless there's a major problem. And it's going to be announced. It has to be major. Because everything depends on electric power. You want to wash your clothes? Your washing machine is attached to it. You want to cook? Your cooker is electric. <laughs> Everything you do, your heating, your AC, your whatever. Electricity, and it's constant. A friend of mine traveled also to the United Kingdom in 2002, 20th September, to, for his undergraduate program, University of Portsmouth. And he called me in the night, and he was laughing at himself. He said, you know, friend, I have a joke to share with you. I said, what's that? He said, last night, I was in bed, and I switched off my light. And in the midnight, I woke up and, and, and hissed and said to myself, these Nepa people have taken light again. <laughs> he said, but having said that to himself, he now reflected on what came out of his mouth, what came out of his buccal cavity. He now said to himself, no, this is not Nigeria. There's no Nepa here. Then another part of him argued with that other part of him that no, Nepa is everywhere. Then what do you think? There's no perfect system anywhere. They take light. In fact, you are in Nepa. Another part of him said, no, this is not Nepa. This is, in fact, there's no Nepa here. They don't know Nepa. If I say Nepa, they say, what are you saying? The argument went on for like three minutes within his soul. So he said, okay, now, since the switch was not far from the bed, it was a bedside switch, let me reach for the switch and test if truly I'm in, I'm in Nepa or not in Nepa. Pressed. Your guess is as good as mine. The light came on, and he said he started laughing at himself. I mean, I've had cases of people watching the movie, and all of a sudden, they remember, ah, Nepa can take light. Then they jump out from the TV and go to the ironing area, and they start ironing their clothes. And the other folks will be wondering, what's going on? Say, man, Nepa can take light. I need to clean. No, there's no Nepa here. You know what has happened? The kingdom has affected us. You're laughing at me this morning, but the same thing will happen to you somehow. Can I have an Amen. I wanted to jump off the bus in Texas. Well, I mean, the bus got to the bus station and I, I was trying to hustle, big, get my bags out and jump down. My friend sat me and said, come, come now. I said, well, I don't know. I don't want the bus to move because, you know, when you, you're coming from Lagos. The bus, you have to board on, 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 on motion. You come down on motion. So I wanted to, he said, no, this is America. This bus is not going to move until the last person gets down, including the disabled, and you have to respect them. He said, my Lord. You can't build a big facility and not make provision for the disabled. That's the way they think. You make provision for the elderly. That's the way they think. In Nigeria, what, what's it concerned? Because an elder what? You're in the bank and then one elderly man comes. They're all jostling for Naira. I say because he's elderly. Whoa, Baba! You see a pregnant woman, you should give her preference. I slept here. The country has conditioned our thinking. But hey, 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 we are kingdom people. Can I have an amen? We should not behave like Nigerians. We should behave like kingdom people. We are within the kingdom. And the kingdom is within us. Glory be to God. Okay, so let me prove that very quickly. Go to Colossians 1. I want to show you that you are now in a different kingdom. I'm going to continue this next week. And that's when I'm going to tell you how grace and peace are actually multiplied and how to enjoy them. Colossians 1, look at verse 13. Verse 13. 
Who is about to deliver us from the power of darkness? Is that what you have in your Bible? Who is thinking of how to deliver us from the power of darkness? Is that what you have in your Bible? What do we, what do we have in the Bible? Who hath? He hath already delivered us. We have already been delivered. You don't know. You don't need to now say you want to be delivered. You are already delivered. Somebody say, I'm delivered. I don't have to feel it, but I know it. What did he deliver us from? From the power of darkness. From the influence of Satan. From his dominion. Sickness, sin, disease, early death, poverty and lack. He has delivered us from that. And is about to translate us is about to transport us into the kingdom of his dear son. He's still building the kingdom, so he's not yet ready. Is that what you have in your Bible? What does your Bible say? He has already translated us where? Into the kingdom of his dear son. We used to be in one kingdom, but now we are in another kingdom. Glory be to God. No Nigerian police can arrest you on the streets of London. They will slap him and go scot free. Nigerian laws do not hold water on the streets of London. I got to England and everybody was driving. We drive on the right. Everybody was driving on the left. Somebody said to me, would you like to drive? I said, what? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. I mean, this is very funny to me. I live majorly outside London. So most of their steering wheels were on the left. Our own steering wheel in, in, in Nigerian car. No, ours on the left. Theirs was on the right. So passengers said to be on the left. Ah, I found that very absurd. I said, how do I cross the road here? In Nigeria, you look left, right? And then you look right, and then you look left, and then you look right again, and then you look left, and then right again, and then you look front, you look back, you look everywhere, then you run. <laughs> but so over there, you have to look right first because they drive on the left. Imagine, okay, so if you're going to University of Ibadan from here, you have to cross to the other side of the road, right? And then go. If you were in England right now, it is this first road we're going to make use of. And then those from UI will, take, will make use of the other road. Can you imagine that? You find that a bit absurd right now. Because of this system in which you have grown. We have grown under the domain of Satan. Where we have known fear, anxiety, worry. Those things are normal. Depression is just, it. I mean, it's just there. Lack, sickness, disease. But hey, God so good to us, he sent Jesus Christ his only son. Not only to deliver us and to leave us there, he delivered us and jackpied us into his kingdom. Did you hear what I said this morning? Jackpied is an international word now. It should be in the Oxford Dictionary very soon. Glory be to God. He didn't just deliver us. What, what else did he do? Translated us. That's jackpied right there. Glory be to God. So we are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. We are now in the kingdom of the Son of God. Amen. Nigerian police shows up inside the car. Hey, Nigerian police, this is Westminster. I'm going to arrest you for what you did in Mokolai Badon two years ago. You give him a hot slap, man. Now, don't slap anybody, but I'm saying he has no right because the laws of Nigeria don't hold water in the United Kingdom. The laws of the kingdom of Satan don't hold water in the kingdom of his dear son. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 puts it this way. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, in this new kingdom, has set us free, made us free from the law of sin and death obtaining in the other kingdom. Can I have an amen this morning? Glory be to God. So we are in a new kingdom. We're in the kingdom of the Son of God. One, two, the kingdom is also inside us. What a beautiful one. Anything inside you affects your thinking. It affects your thinking. Your thought life comes from the inside. The kingdom is on the inside of you. Therefore, allow that kingdom to affect how you think, how you process events, how you process your thoughts, how you process the words of other people, how you process their actions. Because the kingdom is within you. They came to Jesus, Luke 17, 20 to 21, verses 20 to 21. You've been talking so much about this kingdom of God, kingdom of God, and it's so beautiful. When is that kingdom coming? Because those guys got tired. When is it coming? And Jesus said to them, verses 20 to 21, he said, the kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. Neither will they say to you, lo here, nor lo there, in a physical place. He said, for the kingdom is within you. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Is in your heart. Is in your spirit. Somebody said, the kingdom of God is within me. You need to say these things, please, so that they can let your ears hear what your mouth is singing so it can sink into your spirit. So that tomorrow afternoon, when Satan comes and he wants to just tempt you or depress you, say to him, the kingdom of God is within me. Now, what is the kingdom of God? Let me show you a bit this morning what's within you. In 1 Corinthians 4.20, we have something about the kingdom there. Media, please, very quickly, very quickly. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? But in what? So what do you carry within you? Now, in Matthew 6.13, Jesus said, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Anywhere you see the kingdom, you see the power of God. And you see the glory of God. So anywhere you go, you bring the power and the glory of God to the fore. Can I have an amen? You drive out the darkness and you say, Light be. Why? Because the child of God is here. You bought the plane, it's not going to crash because you are there. You join a company that is going down and it begins to make profit and it begins to go up because the kingdom is here. You come to establish the kingdom. We are not carriers of sin. We are carriers of the kingdom. So when we, if I come into your life, your life should be better for it. When you go to someone's business, that business should be better for it. When you join a ministry, that ministry should be better for it because you have brought the kingdom. But power is not all that there is to the kingdom. Look, check Romans 14, 17, quickly. Romans 14, 17. What again do we have in the kingdom? Hallelujah. Because we must know who we are and what we carry so that we don't fear their fear. All right. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness, that's right standing with God. When God looks at you now, he's no longer seeing you if you're you a believer, if you're born again. And if you're not yet born again, the smartest thing to do is to be born again. Because the day you give your life to Christ, God does not see you anymore. When he looks at you, he sees Christ. You become the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh no, pastor, you don't know what I did in my past. Only you remember that and the devil. Jesus doesn't remember that. He doesn't keep record of failure. Are you with me? 
So you can come boldly to the throne of grace and lift holy hands and worship God and commune with God. And Satan will say, hey, you know what you did two weeks ago? Shut up, Mr. Devil. Out of here. In the name of Jesus, how dare you interrupt my communion with my father? That's what gives you boldness. Righteousness. Righteousness and shalom. Shalom. The word translated peace is not just peace, uh, you know, quiet, tranquility. Not just that. Yes, that plus more. The same word is for prosperity. The same word means wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. This week, you will experience the nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking of God. In every area of your life. Those who are waiting for you to be ashamed will wait forever. They will have forever to wait. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout a better amen. The kingdom of God is righteousness and shalom and joy in the Holy Ghost. When you allow joy to flow in your heart, it shows on your face. I got joy. Joy. So much joy. Oh, Lord, I have joy. I have joy. Oh, that's a good confession. But it's not showing right now. Everywhere you go in Nigeria today, everybody's frowning. People are frowning. A friend of mine came in from the UK last year. He had not been in Nigeria for over 10 years. So he brought his family. We were together. He's a man of God. I said, yeah. He said, I'm shocked. I said, why are you shocked? He said, I brought my children. I said, yeah, I know. I've seen your wife too. He said, my greatest shock is what my children are learning from this country. This is their country for the first time. He was almost crying. I said, what's the problem? He said, everybody's frowning. I said, oh. On the street, we call that normalance. <laughs> if on the street, you have to frown. If you smile on the street, they say, are you all right? No, what, what's funny? Do you know somebody can fight you for smiling at them? Bros, come. What's the worry you? No, I look funny. No, 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 no. Why, why you, de, you can't see me, you just smile. Why you just smile? Do, no, do I look funny? Do I look funny to you? You say, no, bros, I just agree to you. May thunder not fire you. Because the norm is to frown. Wear long face. Everywhere. When the joy of the Holy Ghost is bubbling in your heart, you can't hide it. It shows on your face. It is not the product of the circumstances that surround you. It's a product of the condition in your spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Ghost. Galatians 5.22 the Bible said now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on and so on. Nine of them. And I'll be teaching very soon. I've told you what I'm going to teach. Glory be to God. Let joy bubble forth in your heart no matter the situation, no matter the condition, no matter what you're going through. Don't forget we are not Nigerians. We are kingdom citizens. Can I have an amen? A citizen of the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom that determines what happens in our lives. It is not the economy of Nigeria. So you must know who you are and know what you carry. That's what I'm telling you what you carry this morning. Otherwise, you will fear their fear. Isaiah 8, 12. The Bible says, do not say confederacy when these people say confederacy so that you don't fear their fear and dread what they dread. Read everybody's on the screen. One, two, go. Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this shall say confederacy. Neither fear their 
Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Only believe. Tell them you are not a Nigerian. I have a Ghanaian in the house. Tell them you are not a Ghanaian. If you have a, I have a Cameroonian also. You are not a Cameroonian. You are a, you are a kingdom citizen. Glory be to God. Chidera is from Cameroon. And Amanda is from Ghana. Glory be to God. Are you with me this morning? Who are you? First Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11, very quickly, let me show you who you are. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11, media, can you help me with this? I have a few minutes to go and I want to do this. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You, you are, now say I am, say I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. You are from royalty, Amen. You are not a slave. You are from royalty. Dress like one. Think like one. Talk like one. Act like one. Don't be fighting on the streets. You never see a monarch get, up, get down from his throne and start fighting on the streets. A monarch. You don't see a prince or a princess do that. They carry themselves with some stately gait. Do you know that English? Stately. G-A-I-T. Stately. In your walk. You don't walk anyhow. Dress anyhow. Talk anyhow. No. No, you are from royalty. Your blood is blue. Amen. The blood of royalty is blue. It ain't red. It's blue. Tell your neighbor your blood is blue. Say it like a Ghanaian. Say your blood is blue. <laughs> Glory be to God. I mean, is somebody getting blessed this morning? This is who you are, a royal priesthood. That's why we don't do cheap things. Sin is cheap. Stop committing sin. It is too cheap. Anybody can sin. A royal priesthood won't do that. Have the temptation to steal something that doesn't belong to you. You say, no, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. That thought, I rebuke you. I'm a king. Can I even show you that you're a king? Please, we'll come back to this. Give me Revelation 1.5. Uh, 1.6. Revelation 1.6. Quickly. Revelation 1.6. Everybody read together. And he's about to make us kings and priests. What has he done? Uh, does that include you? Now, make it personal. He has made me. A king and a priest unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion for two years. Forever and ever. Somebody shout amen. Go to Revelation 5.10. Quickly. I feel like preaching now. Glory be to God. Revelation 5.10. 5.10. 5.10. Media. Go to 5.10 in the name of Jesus. Now let's read it together. One, two, go. And has made us unto our God slaves and house boys and house girls. Beggars and liars and cheats. What has he made us? Kings and priests. And we shall reign where? Before we go to heaven, we start reigning from here. Can I have an Amen. No matter what happens in your country, no matter what happens in Nigeria, anywhere in the world, you will reign on earth in the name of Jesus. There is somebody that wants to prevent your reign, and that's Satan, the resister. And the Bible said, you being steadfast in the faith, resist him. Amen? Go back to 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11. Do you understand what the royal priesthood means now, right now? 
kings and priests combined together. Peter said royal priesthood. Royalty, kingship. Priesthood, priests, kings and priests. I'm a king to reign with him and I'm a priest to serve under him. Glory be to God. That's why we come to church on Saturday and you find some people cleaning the church. You find them cleaning the cobwebs. They're serving. And then we go out on evangelism. We distribute tracts. We tell somebody about Jesus. Invite people to church. Some of you are doing it on your campuses already. You are serving. You must serve. Jesus said the one that will be the greatest in the kingdom must be the servant. We're in the kingdom, but one day is coming when we're going to see the kingdom physically. The greatest there will be those who serve. So you choose what you want. Royal priesthood, number three, a holy nation. Someone say, I'm a holy nation. In your loins, there are nations. You carry champions. Women, my ladies, you carry champions in your womb. You carry kings. You carry priests. You carry authority. You carry power. You carry the, 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 the people that are known as people that are described as being on the top echelon, the topmost echelon, the commanders, the movers, and the shakers. Men, you are not exempted. You carry same in your loins. Amen? You don't have a womb. You have stomach, but you have, you have loins. Glory be to God. A holy nation. Now, listen, the next one. A peculiar people. Peculiar. One of a kind. That's why, you see, when people hurt you and when they do stupid things against you, the natural thing is for you to also do stupid things back. But because you're a peculiar people, they wonder why you don't do stupid things back. They wonder why you forgive, smile, and walk away. Why? Because you're a peculiar people. In Yoruba, they will say, oh, yato. You're just different. <laughs> different. I like different. And this is not town hall, praise God. That you should show forth. And hey, don't go to town hall on Saturday. Amen, praise God. Vote for different. <laughs> Vote in the interest of the church. Amen. You know the interest of the church. There is a Peter. And we are reading Peter this morning. Can you see First Peter? Peter telling you what to do and who you are. So vote the kind of person that you are. Vote values. Vote the kind of values that you project. Are, are you with me? Are, are, are you with me? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can you see exchange of kingdoms again? You were in darkness. We were all in darkness. He called us out. We are the called out. Now he has called us into marvelous light. Go to the next verse. Verse 10. Which in time past were not a people. In time past we were not the people of God. Hey, but now are we the people of God. Now say I am a child of God. One of the greatest titles that you can have as a Christian is to be called a child of God. If you are called a child of the president, you know that comes with privileges. Somebody wants to touch you, somebody, ah, don't touch her. She's the child, she's the daughter of the president. Sorry, I'm sorry, ma'am. Because she's the daughter of the president. Somebody wants to insult you, ah, don't insult him. He's the son of the president. But hey, we may not be connected in Abuja. We may not even be connected to the White House, but we are connected to the throne of grace. 
Say to yourself, I am a child of the Most High God. Look, that gives you confidence in the battles of life. Someone say, do you know who I am? Who are you? I am a child of the Most High God. Nigerians will boast and tell you, I know the commissioner of police. I know the commissioner of police. I know the attorney general. I know, I know the general attorney. I know the secretary general. I know, I know. In fact, if I call, if I call the DG of your company, they will sack you. Nigerians like to boast like that. I don't know anybody. But I know somebody that knows everybody. <laughs> Glory to God. So the one with whom you are intimidating me is breathing the oxygen of the one that I know. Nobody should threaten the child of God. I'm going to kill you. Hey, you are breathing the oxygen of my father. It takes me one moment to talk to my dad. That's all. Dad, take care of his oxygen. <laughs> you are walking on the green grass of my father. Dad, can we, can we give him the Egyptian experience? When frogs came out and filled up everywhere, locusts, biting insects. You don't mess up with the child of the most high God. Nobody does that. So Satan will try to intimidate you in these days in which we live. Trouble everywhere. Remind yourself, I'm a child of the most high God. So even if everybody is going down, me, I'm not going down. That's why the Bible says, don't fear their fear. You see, the problem with us Christians, we listen too much to social media. We listen too much to what people are saying. We don't have time for the word of God to hear what the word is saying to us. So we feed ourselves from what the world is saying. Listen. All it takes to mess some people up is just one fake news. On my way home last night, because I, I, I fasted throughout yesterday. I didn't plan to fast, but it just came, the grace. After going out for evangelism, praying, I prayed all day, fasted. On my way home, I parked. There's a bakery on the way to my house, and they have some very nice bread. Big Easy. That's the name. That's the name they used to be. Now it's called Freshest. Very nice bread. I'm, I'm doing advice for them, sorry. <laughs> so I got in and wanted to buy bread. I met people who had bought bread, but could not take their bread. Why? Because... It's either you paid cash or you used your, uh, you did transfer. And they were trying to do transfer. It wasn't going through. So bread, loaves of bread lined up. Then they brought out my bread. And I, I found myself in the same category. I didn't have cash. I wanted to transfer. Transfer said no. Ah. Then a woman, listen to this. The woman that I met who had, who had bought several loaves. Now said, well. They even said that they are closing some banks. That they are, they are canceling them and shutting them down because they, have, they violated the, the law of whatever. I didn't pay attention. Then she mentioned First Bank. I said, what do you mean? I said, no, that's fake news. She said, no, it's not bad. Should I play the video? I said, no, don't play the video. She said, I will play the voice note. I said, don't play the voice note. I said, somebody sat down in a corner somewhere and just recorded the voice note and they can turn a nation upside down. One news is all it takes. Stop feeding yourself on the world news. This is the time for the church, if you are smart, to feed yourself fat on the word of God. If they like, let them shut down anything. My life is not shut down. My destiny is not shut down. My family is not shut down. My church is not shut down. My communion with God is not shut down. 
somehow God will make a way of escape. Can I have an amen? I had to really find a way to shut that woman up last night. And every other person that had been living in fear out of what she said got out of that hold of fear because I said something else. Eventually, our transfer didn't go through. She had, to, she had to leave. Some people carry bad news. Eventually, my transfer went through and I took my bread home. It might look like a simple analogy, but hey, listen, this is how it works. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does fear come? By hearing and hearing by the word of Satan. All it takes is, hmm, that pain in your chest is a cancerous growth. That's all. Most of them say, I have cancer. No, who said so? A spirit said so, and you believed him. Listen, even if you had cancer, we have a name. Philippians 2.9 tells us that at the mention of that name, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess of beings in heaven and on earth and beneath the earth that Jesus is Lord. Can I have an amen? amen? To the glory of God the Father. The Bible says, but now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Somebody say, we have obtained mercy. We are the people that have obtained mercy. May the mercy of God speak for you this month. The rest of this month, the rest of this brand new week, may the mercy of God speak for you. Um, I've not gotten to where I'm supposed to stop. But I don't want to rush what I have right in front of me. So, Father, I receive your wisdom in the name of Jesus. Because we are a people of God, we are citizens of the kingdom. In every kingdom, there are expectations of how citizens ought to behave and to conduct themselves. Do you know that? For example, now, when you are 18, it is expected of you to register and to vote. You can vote and be voted for. If you commit a crime at 18, you are no longer juvenile. They won't call that juvenile delinquency. You can go to jail. Not you in the name of Jesus. Amen. They can if they choose to. You are expected to pay your tax. If you start a company and you're making profit, there are certain... Now, in our country, this is not well understood because we don't know the benefits of being citizens. If you go to Sena countries, like the UK, Canada, the US, where everybody's Japanese, citizens have rights. I remember one of my younger cousins, if you beat him like this, when they brought him from America, he would tell you, I'm a citizen, man, I'm a citizen. And I said, citizen, kill him, kill him. I said, man, you don't, you don't try that, man. I'm a citizen, I'm a citizen. In America, that's the way they have conditioned their thinking. As an American citizen, he has rights. He has privileges. I mean, you want to go to school as a citizen, you can't afford the school, you still go to school all the same. They give you loan. And when you are done schooling, you get a good job, they won't withdraw your certificate. In Nigeria, they give you loan, they withdraw the certificate. Say, so come and pay us, they will give you a certificate. No, America or UK, you go to school, you go to work. 
then when your salary is not up to a particular, in the UK, for example, let's say 50,000 pounds per annum, you don't start paying back. So if your salary never gets to that point, enjoy. Free healthcare, free education, free this, free that. Why? Because you're a citizen. If you're going to, for example, university in the UK, those of you that are going for master's now, you'll understand the difference. Or even for your first degree. When they say tuition fee is 18,000 pounds for international students, check for citizens. They will say 8,000 pounds. Some of them, they still give them hardship loan, 4,000 pounds. Some of them, bursary, 2,000 pounds. How much remains? Because that's a citizen. My explanation, you won't get it because you're Nigerians. But are you getting it? Because we are not Nigerians. We are kingdom citizens. Glory be to God. You have your rights. You have your privileges. Also, there are expectations. You're expected to pay tax, so you live abroad. You're expected to do certain things. Sometimes do community service. Things like that. You are giving back to the community. In the kingdom of God, there are also expectations, responsibilities. There are things to do. That's what some people don't understand. And they say, we are preaching works, works. No, there are expectations. In a home where there are no expectations, everybody will behave the way they like. As a lady, you are expected to cover yourself. Even though I'm your brother, you don't expose your nakedness to me. I don't need it. You are expected to cover yourself. As a, as a brother, you are expected to do something, maybe wash daddy's cars or something. In the kingdom, there are expectations. One of the expectations is to always position ourselves in the center of the will of God. What is the will of God? First Thessalonians 4. Let me show you one. Just one. This will bless somebody this morning. First Thessalonians 4. 1 to 5. Quickly. First Thessalonians 4, 1 to 5. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren. No, go to 4. Go to verse 4. No, go to verse 3. Sorry. Go to verse 3. Now, for this is the will of God. What is the will of God? Even your sanctification. It's expected that you are sanctified. How? That you should abstain from fornication. Stay away from fornication. Don't say grace has covered me. I can do anything. Stay away from it. You are a kingdom citizen. Stay away because it will stain you. That's why the Bible says abstain. Absent yourself from the stain of fornication. Fornication will stain anybody from the pulpit to the pew. Abstain from fornication. Next verse. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, not his car, his body, her body. In sanctification and honor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence. This is passionate lust. It's an old word, concupiscence. Passionate lust. L-U-S-T. Passionate Strong desire for sin. Even as the Gentiles which know not God. In other words, he's telling us, because we are kingdom citizens, we should be different from the people that don't know God. Don't shack alcohol like they shack alcohol. 
Don't engage in premarital sex like they engage in it. Don't do stupid videos and posts on social media like they do. You are different. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You want the maximum benefits of being a citizen. You should also do the expectations of a citizen. Amen? We don't exchange reeling for reeling. It can be tough. Somebody looks at you and says, you are mad. Your natural self wants to say you are madder. But the Holy Spirit reminds you you are a citizen of the kingdom. You say, God bless you. That's tough. But do you know that will quench that fire? You let cry! You let back! God bless you. After a while, person, you let! You let! Then he will keep quiet. You, you, because he's expecting mad, mother, maddest, mad, mother, maddest, crazy, 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 fight, fighter, fightest, you'll fight. But they say negative to you, you say positive to them, because you don't have negativity in you, you have light. You radiate the glory of God. It will drown the voice of the enemy. Can I have an amen to that? So this week, everywhere we go, let's remember that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We carry the kingdom within us and we are also within the kingdom. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. And everywhere we go, I pray for you, there will be a demonstration of the power of God in your life and through your life. A living amen. Oh God. Okay, let me say this very quickly and let me stop here. Lord, do you want me to say this? Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this later. I won't say this now. Actually, the Lord gave me a word yesterday. When I'm done with this series next week, he has given me the next message I'm going to preach. And I'll be talking about the abilities of God. These are the days we need to feed ourselves on scriptures that display the abilities of God. God is able to do the impossible. Let me give you an example. I won't go there, but let me just give you an example. In Matthew 3, 9, John was rebuking the Pharisees and, you know, these hypocrites. He said to them, the Jews, he said, don't say that you have Abraham to your father. Think not within yourselves. We have Abraham. Abraham's our father. Because they were very religious people. We are the children of Abraham. Children of Abraham. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? We are children of Abraham. They carried that, but they never behaved like Abraham. They never trusted God like Abraham. In fact, they wanted to kill Jesus. John said to them, Don't think we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, let me read what John said, please. One, two, go. Out loud. That God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. In the natural, is that possible? Stone and turn them to children. For John said so by the Spirit. John was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. No laying on of hands. Boom! The Holy Ghost went. Zah! John spoke by the Holy Spirit. 
He said, God is able to raise children from stones. If you read that on the surface, it won't mean anything to you. Please go home and meditate on it. It means, even when they say a situation is dead, like a stone, a stone is a lifeless thing. You can call a stone an example of a living thing. If you roll it, it will roll. You stop it, you stop. It, it doesn't have its own mind. But John said, God can pick the dead and make the living out of the dead. In other words, they tell you that situation has closed. God can reopen a situation out of the closed case. May God bless that in your heart. That is the God you serve. That is, somebody said, you, your, your life cannot go beyond this point. Who said so? When my father can raise children from stones. If he said he can raise children from pregnancy, you will understand that. Because pregnancy will lead to being a child. Am I right about that? He said from stones. I'm preaching that soon. So he's cooking. Amen. So all the scriptures I have, I wanted to give you this morning. I'm going to save them for that. Let me, let me, let me begin to conclude and then stop. What do I want you to know this morning? In closing. What do I want you to know? Grace and peace are only available in Christ Jesus. Rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is turning your back on grace and peace. They are loaded in our redemption package. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today and you receive the package of grace and peace. Jesus is grace personified. Grace has its source. In him. John 1.16 says out of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Out of his fullness. Out of his fullness. The Bible describes the father as the father of all grace. First Peter 5.10 if you are writing. The father is the father of grace. The father of all grace. First Peter 5.10. The son carries grace. Out of his fullness, we receive grace. John 1.16. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of grace. Hebrews 10, 29. So when you meet the Trinity, you meet grace. You meet grace. You meet grace. All you need to access this grace and peace this morning is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You already paid the price for your redemption through his blood. We read that in Colossians 1, 13. And then in verse 14. Verse 14 says we have redemption through his blood. Grace. Grace and peace. Next week, I will tell you how do grace and peace multiply? Chassid and Shalom. How do they multiply? And how do you begin to enjoy them? I will tell you that next week. But before I go to next week, let me show you an example of a man. A man that found grace. Media, help me. First Timothy 1, 15 to 16, message translation. This was Paul the Apostle. First Timothy 1. 15 and 16. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Message. Message. Message translation. God bless you. Say, so here is a word. Everybody read this together, please. Here is a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And proof. Public sinner number one. That's Paul describing himself. Public sinner number one. Yes. Move on, please. Of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now, he shows me off evidence of his endless patience. 
to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. Paul's life was an example of the mercy and the grace and the peace of God. Go to Titus. Titus chapter 2, 11 to 14. Quickly, Titus 2, KJV, 11 to 14. Titus 2, 11 to 14, KJV. Let's read everybody. Let's read together. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. All men. Nobody has excused. What is grace teaching us? Grace is a teacher. What is it teaching? Teaching us that we should continue in sin and say grace covers it. That is hyper grace gospel. But this is the real grace, Bible grace. What is it teaching us? Denying ungodliness and worldly laws. We should live how? Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Uh-huh. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, like Peter said, zealous of good works. And I have an amen. This is what grace accomplishes. It takes a dreg like me. It takes a nonsensical nonsense like me and makes someone out of me. That is grace. That is mercy. That is peace. No wonder. <laughs> Let me show you Ephesians 2.18. Ephesians 2.18. Quickly. Ephesians 2. No, did I say 18? It must be 8 I wanted to say. Ephesians 2.8. Media, please help me. Glory be to God. Glory. So much grace in this house this morning. For by grace. No, sorry. For by your efforts are you saved. By your fasting and prayer are you saved. I fasted and prayed 151 days and I became born again. Fake salvation. What is genuine? By grace. Unmerited favor. Unmerited, unearned, unworked for, unlabored for. Read it everybody. Read out loud. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Nobody should ever boast. I'm born again today because I read the Bible 365 times, cover to cover, and an angel visited me. Oh, glory. Thank God for your reading the Bible. You can be a professor of theology and not be saved. We are saved by grace. Chasid. Shalom. Lachem. No wonder. Paul Chief sinner number one. He was Saul of Tarsus. That was his name. Saul. He was of Tarsus. This guy was zealous. But zealous in the wrong way. He thought he was working for God. But he was working against God. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Schooled under Gamaliel. He was a lawyer. He had a PhD in law. He was knowledgeable. Smart, highly cerebral, very vocal. His words till today we are still trying to understand. But he was zealous for Satan. Killing Christians, collecting letters to put women in jail. Anybody that said, I'm a born again Christian, I'm a child of God, I believe in Jesus, put them in jail and kill them. Nonsense. They are not obeying the religion of our fathers. That was who Saul was. He was going to Damascus. To get more Christians to put in prison and to kill. When he had an encounter, the Holy Ghost knocked him off the camel's back. 
He fell down flat. The Lord Jesus spoke. A great light shone around him. Saul, Saul, you can kick against the bricks. He said, who are you, Lord? He added, Lord, because this must be a powerful, powerful, powerful person that is more powerful than myself. He had an encounter. That turned his life around. He now said, look, it was grace and mercy that found me. And now I have peace. No wonder. Almost every epistle that he wrote, he opened it with greetings, a prophetic declaration. Grace and peace. I'm going to show you these scriptures this morning. This is where I stopped. But we're going to read it together standing. So please stand on your feet, everybody. And don't think we're just reading. We are also prophesying. Please, everybody stay in the house. I don't want anybody to have a heart attack for any reason in this house. I don't want anybody to have depression. I don't want anybody to be sad. If you came sad, you must go back joyful. You must go back with grace and peace. No matter what the lecturers have said, no matter what your supervisor has said, no matter what anybody has spoken, please, this morning, I want you to focus on Jesus. Because you are a child of God. Your story will be different because it's based on grace and peace. Let's start with this first epistle to the Romans. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 6. We'll read verse 7 together. Thank you, media. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. God now is suddenly a servant. It was an act of the apostles. He met Christ. Now the next thing you know is the servant now. Called to be an apostle. Separated unto the gospel of God. The good news of God. Which he had promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead. By whom we have received grace and apostleship. For obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are ye also. Expression house. Expression house also called of Jesus Christ. And everyone online. Verse 7. Let's read that together. One, two, go. To all that be in Rome. Beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you see the word grace, you shout it. When you see peace, you shout it. Amen? It's like we are pronouncing it in capital letters. Let's read verse 7 together again. It's not just all that are in Rome, to all that are in Nigeria, to all that are online. Amen? Amen. Let's go. To all that be in Rome, in Nigeria, and online. Beloved of God, beloved of God, called to be sent. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You will find this in every epistle. Go quickly to the next epistle. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Together we read verse 3. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustenance our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth and in Nigeria including the expression house to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints 
with all that are in every place. That's include, that, that includes Nigeria. Call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord? Both theirs and ours. Verse 3, go. Grace be unto you. And peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 1. We read verse 2 together. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Verse 2. Grace be to you. And peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The next epistle to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. We'll read verse 3 together. Let me take verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me, unto the churches of Galatia and Nigeria, and online, and all over the world. Verse 3, let's go. Grace be to you, and peace from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to the next epistle. Ephesians, chapter 1. I read verse 1, read 2 together. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to the next epistle and you'll see that in chapter 1. I'm not going to read anymore. I'm going to tell you what to read and then we go. Verse 2, Philippians 1 and verse 2. Philippians 1, 2. Let's go, church. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the next one, you are going to prophesy that over your neighbor. You look at them and read it over them. Say it over them. Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Now say to them, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how to greet your neighbors from now on. I've given you I've given you two to three greetings. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Go, go. I skipped Philippians. Somebody didn't remind me. Philippians 1. We read Philippians. Glory, oh, glory to God. And have we read Colossians? We've read that. Colossae. Colossae. I'm very fast now. Glory be to God. I love that. Somebody getting blessed? First Thessalonians 1 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Go! Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you enjoying that? Second Thessalonians verse, chapter 1 and verse 2. Go, everybody. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy. You'll see a difference now when he got to Timothy. He wrote that to the churches. Now he wrote this to Timothy, his son, in the ministry. I read verse 1, read verse 2 together. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Verse 2. Unto Timothy, my own son, in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Will you allow me to pray this over you, Expression House? 
unto the expression house, my own children, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Glory be to God. Second Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He said by the commandment of God before and I said by the will of God. According to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy. Now allow me to read this over you. To the expression house. My dearly beloved children. Under God. Grace. Mercy. And peace. From God the Father. And Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever awaits you this week, you will see grace. Mercy will speak for you. The peace of God will govern your heart and your mind in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I will stop at Titus. Titus chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 4. To Titus. Instead of titles, I'll say to the Expression House and to all our online listeners and viewers on YouTube, on Facebook, listeners on MixLR and every channel, and those that will hear this later via Audio Mac and all the podcasts, channels. My own children after the common faith. Grace is Hasid. Mercy is also received. And peace is shalom. And I decree. Grace. Mercy. And peace. From God the Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Shout amen. Amen. Grace. Gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy shields us from the punishment that we deserve. In Hebrew, I say over you, church. Chasid. Shalom. Lachem. Chasid. Shalom. Lachem. Chasid. Shalom. Lachem. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we honor you this morning. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace. Oh.